Hello everybody and welcome once again as we continue on in a series we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart. This series is based on a question Jesus has asked, what's the most important commandment or uh, as I've said, what's the most important thing in life? Jesus answers simple, profound, life-changing. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that we've been digging into this verse uh, as the foundation for being a disciple. We said that, you know, practically, there's three things we should be doing all the time that's being thankful. We, we talk about being thankful for at least five things that helps us remember who God is and what He's done and helps us to get right in, a, in the love that we have for Him. Uh, we talk about encouraging at least two people a day that helps us to love others. And, and then we talk about um, loving ourselves uh, by living, by doing the next right thing. That these are the basic components of what that life looks like. And yet, as simple as it seems and as practical as it seems, we just we go through a day sometimes and we don't always make it. We, uh, we get distracted, we get busy, our issues get in the way, we sin, all sorts of stuff happens, and we don't live out those three things. We get to the end of a day, we haven't been thankful for anything or for very little, we haven't encouraged anyone else, and we've spent most of the day not doing the next right thing. And uh, we think, oh, I've, I've messed it up, how do we, what do we do? And that that what we're uh, working on is, the, is sort of developing some tools, some ideas, some strategies, a plan, a primer we've called it, to help us get better connected and focused in the Lord so that we feel ourselves uh, and, and are more aware of us, ourselves getting off track and, and, uh, and, and then more open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit to get us back on track so that we can continue in the life that we're called to, the life of disciples, where we really find life. So these are the things that we're, we're trying to develop along the way. And we, we're, we're working through sections of Scripture together, seven sections that kind of make up this, this sort of primer, as we've called it. And my hope is that you'll incorporate these sections of Scripture into your daily life, uh, hopefully early in the day, by taking 15 or 20 minutes and, and praying through these Scriptures and thinking about them and even journaling your thoughts and ideas uh, to get your day started, and that this is what we're up to. Uh, and um, we, we've talked about getting focused, which is Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. We spent weeks doing that. We talked about getting thankful in Philippians 4, 4 through 8. We spent weeks developing that. All those uh, messages are available online. You can go back and look at them. And then last week I said we're going to launch into getting connected, which is all about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and we used sort of as an introduction to that last week the idea of trying to free up some time in our lives before I'm, I, I'm trying to ask you for some of this time back in connecting with the Lord. And so we, we actually did a message on, on the things that are stealing our time away and how we could get some of that time back and get within the margins of our lives to experience life again. And I, I hope you've done all that. Of course, you probably haven't. I'm not putting guilt on you, but that's okay. And uh, hopefully you can consider it some more and you can realize that, man, I've got to get off the edge of this thing a little bit. And, and move back into a place and that part of it was, was looking at our motivations if you remember and why are we doing the things we're doing and, and really examining you know things that we're doing out of fear and out of greed and out of pride and, and you know that are just not the right reasons and getting rid of some of those things in our life and looking and concentrating more on the things that we're doing that are motivated by love which is the proper motivation and that uh, if we'll do that, I think you'll find that it restores some margin back into your life, which gives you some time to do the things we're talking about. 
So we're going to launch in now to this idea of getting connected, and, and this is the way I approach it and recommend approaching this whole day. I, I really do start my day by getting focused and thinking about the throne room of God and trying to get a throne room, per, throne room perspective and what that looks like, and then I move into being thankful. I, I, I look at those verses and I take time being thankful for things in my life because that gets me ready to move into this next part of, of prayer, which is... Uh, a more connected part of I call it. It's not like the whole thing isn't praying, but this is where I, I really move in and think about the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to dig into that today. Before I do that, though, uh, did you hear about the guy that ran through a screen door? He strained himself. No? Phew, wow. I thought that was way better than that. Maybe it was the delivery. I'll work on it. Okay. Now that you're over your shock, you notice I have the tomato, so you can't throw it at me from over there. <laughs> when the disciples ask Jesus to teach him to pray, he responds with what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And... Uh, it wasn't given uh, to us as something just to repeat, I don't believe, as a, as, a, as a sort of a repetitive set of words, but as a model to help us get connected. Each verse uh, in the prayer helps us to focus on God, who He is, and who we are in Him. Our scripture reading today is Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, that says this, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for uh, we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Now that's Luke's account of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Most of you are far more familiar with Matthew's version, and that's the one that that we're going to be really looking at in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And uh, that should be in your notes as well. This then is how you should pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so we're going to we're digging into those verses uh, in the in the uh, weeks ahead, and I believe that this model for prayer gives us kind of five phases for prayer that we're going to dig into. The first one is recognizing and relating to God as our Father, and we'll be talking about today. The the next part is a focus on the kingdom of God and what that's all about, and then a time to present our needs and requests to God. An opportunity to ask for and extend forgiveness, which is a huge part of being a disciple. And, and a time to consider and ask for help in the spiritual battle that we're all in. So that's what we're looking at as we sort of break down these verses together. But let's talk today about this first sort of phase, if you would, recognizing and relating to God as our Father. Matthew 6, 9, this then is how you should pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your now, I think far too often um, people have a tendency to try and relate to God as a force instead of relating to Him as a father, uh, as someone that you're in relationship with. And it will impact the way that you approach Him. 
Um, because if you if you have this idea of your time with God as, as kind of hanging out with a force that, that, that is God, then, then you miss a big part of what we're called to because we're to relate to Him as our Father. Jesus was making that very specific. So the first thing in your notes is you, you have to remember that we are His children. And I think it's a, it's a huge deal to put yourself into that role as you go into prayer. That you are a child of God that He cares about deeply. John 1, 12 through 13 says, Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. In, in Christ, God has brought us into His family and we call Him Father. And this is an amazing privilege. The Creator of the universe... And we relate to Him as our Father. And it's just a very significant thing for you to understand and to make sure that you grasp uh, that, that you are in a relationship. And it's a father and child relationship. Now, unfortunately, sometimes it falls apart a little because um, you may not have good father images um, from, from your past. Um, hopefully you can sort of counteract some of that in that you, you, you kind of figure it out more with your kids if, you're, if you didn't have it with your parents some of you had it with your parents and that's cool um, but see when, you, when you're brought into this world what's supposed to happen is that your parents are to love you in such a way such an unconditional loving way through those first three, four, five years of your life that, that shifting over to a God who loves you like that is supposed to be pretty easy um, because it just makes sense. That's that you get it because you're loved. That's why we spend a lot of time loving on our kids here and reminding of that because we want to be a, a help in the process that they just grow up knowing that they're loved. And so, knowing that you know when you tell them that the Father loves them, that God loves them, okay, because they've just been loved. It's it's just part of who they are. Unfortunately, because we live in a fallen world, none of us had perfect parents. And you know, as a side note, because I'm already on a side note, as a side note to my side note. I hope I get back now. Even if you had perfect parents, you'd still be a mess because Adam and Eve had a perfect parent and they still chose sin. I don't know if you ever thought about that. I have people that are parents all the time that beat themselves up for their kids. And I'm like, look, you're not perfect. And if you were, they still have opportunities to make choices because Adam and Eve had a perfect parent and they still chose sin. All right. So so now back to my other side note. So, so um, we have to sort of um, deal with uh, this issue if we didn't have a great um, father image um, that, that we restored somewhere that a father is supposed to love you like that unconditionally, completely um, always for you always on your side always trying there to help you out at the same time you know, giving you some very positive direction um, encouraging you to make good choices not just everything be and do whatever you want to do because that's not good parenting but, but setting up boundaries and, and some, you know, some places that you can, you can go I shouldn't do that because there's consequences and you learn those things but all done in love and so uh, um, my, I didn't have a great relationship with my father but I've had a great relationship with my kids and so, for me, I got to learn a lot about, you know, I hope that we've had a good relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I learned a lot about what that looked like in being a parent, in being a father, 
what it's supposed to look like. I mean, and again, I'm not perfect by any stretch, but I got a lot of it in there. Oh, well, that's what's supposed to happen. And so hopefully if you didn't get it in one way, you got it in another, or you've, you've seen it or you've observed it, or it begins to make sense to you. But you need to know that God is for you, that he's with you, that he wants the best for you, that he's not a big meanie, that he's not out to punish you, that he's not trying to jump on every little thing that you do. He wants absolutely the best possible life you can have now and forever in the midst of living in a fallen world on a broken planet he wants the absolute best for you and and that's the father that we're relating to in prayer and so you you have to kind of have that going in that you're because of because we're in christ we're in direct relationship with god galatians 326 in the message paraphrase says it by faith in christ you are in direct relationship with god you're in relationship with God because you're in Christ. We talked about that as we, as we laid this thing out about having access to the throne room, the most holy place. We know we're not holy, uh, you know, the way we need to be around God. And yet, because He sees us in Christ, we're in. We have access. We've been reconnected to God um, through Christ. And so we have access to, uh, direct access, direct relationship with God, the creator of everything, who is not, a, not just a force, He's our Father. And you have to relate to Him that way. So you, you have to have that in your mind as you begin to pray. That here's, you're going to God, you're hanging out with God, you're spending time with God, and He loves you, and He's for you, and He's with you, and this is a forever kind of relationship, and He wants the best for you. So that needs to be uh, at the beginning of this connection time. Our Father. Jesus brought it up. Jesus introduced the concept over and over again. Um, not a, a real Old Testament concept that happens a few times, but you know, the... The established religion of the day, uh, the, the, the Pharisees and, and uh, the Sadducees and, and you know, established Judaism, um, they, they didn't have that type of relationship. They didn't understand God that way. He was the, the, the rule keeper, so to speak, the, you know, the lawgiver, and they, they had this thing broken in the laws that they had to follow. They didn't connect with him in love the way that we do. They, couldn't, they were afraid to say his name. Um, they didn't even write it. They skipped letters when they wrote it. They called him. They came up with other names to call him because saying, you know, the, God was, was, was revered in such a way. Um, but, but they took it to a point where they, they couldn't even relate to God. I mean, it's good to respect God. It's good to respect your father, but not in a way that means you can't relate to him. And, and so you, we have to work that in. And Jesus was introducing that to his disciples again. When you pray, revolutionary, say, our father in heaven. That was huge. And, and you need to, to take that in, to the amazing gift we've been given to be His children as you connect with Him in prayer. Secondly then, because of that, we approach Him with freedom and confidence. Ephesians 3.12, in Him and through Him, <clears throat> we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So that means, see, we can come to talk to Him about everything and anything that's going in on our lives, going on. Yeah. Uh, now, I get some people who think that when they're a mess, they shouldn't go and talk to God. And I'm like, well, no, it's not what it says. Because if, if you limit yourself to the times that you're not a mess to go and talk to God, you won't be able to talk to God very often. You're, you're immediately limiting your, your, well, I can't go, I'm a mess. I couldn't go hardly ever. I'm always a kind of a mess. Or, you know, people go, well, you know, I'm angry. And so, God can, you know, God is so cool, He can handle that. How about that? Even if you're upset, you can. I've gone straight up to him and said, "I'm not happy about things." And he, okay, it doesn't change much, but <laughs> but he can handle it because he's God, 
And he sets me straight. Just, you know, it's in loving. He loves me back into where I need to be. He's, he's that kind of God. This, um, this is an amazing thing that we have. This, this, we have a freedom to go to Him no matter what's going on. We have a confidence that we talked about that allows us to go to Him because we're in Christ. We know we're not perfect. We don't have to pretend to be perfect. We don't have to have, you know, um, a, a different language when we go uh, before Him, you know, where it's all proper. And, and uh, you know, uh, some people sometimes feel they need to get and drop into Old English or something in prayer. And, 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 you know, if that's how you pray, fine. I'm not picking, but you don't. It's just, I go and just talk. It's, it's all it is. When I, when I go hang out with God, I'm just going to talk to Him. Like I would anybody else that I'm in relationship with. And because he's my, he's my dad. He's my Heavenly Father. I go and talk to Him. I tell Him the good stuff. I tell Him the bad stuff. My struggles. Stuff that I wish He would do something about. You know, well, everything. Stuff that's not going the way I want. Um, I whine a little. Anybody else ever do that? He can handle that. Just a little. God, do you, like, do you want some cheese with that, Steve? He doesn't ever say that, but I think about that. Um, you, you get that? Never mind. Okay. Uh, so we have this freedom and confidence. At the same time, though, that should never lead us to a place where we take this thing for granted at all, or we begin to treat God without respect. He's still God. Um, he's, he's our Father. Um, he's God. You know, we're not equals in this whole deal. Uh, he's God. He's the creator of everything. But we're his children and he loves us. And so we, we hold that in context and in balance. We always come in with a measure of respect and awe. Always thinking about how amazing it is that God, the creator of the universe, wants to hang out with us. But we have a freedom and a confidence to hang out with him in the process. So what's supposed to happen out of that then is that it should cause us, this whole idea then, the third point, to hallow his name. And, and that's an interesting word, um, uh, hallow. And, and what does hallow mean? It literally means to sanctify. But it has this, uh, you know, connected to it. It means that we're praying that His name and who He is would be set apart in people's hearts and minds and lives as the infinitely great and beautiful and valuable reality that it is. That's what we're praying. We're praying that... That um, his, because of who he is and the amazing love that he has for us and our connection with him, we're praying that, that his amazing name, his love, how amazing he is would become known uh, in, in all the, the earth, in all the world. That, that he would be known as part of how we're to relate to him uh, in this process. And, and, uh, and so this concept then of hallowing his name is even more than what we do in, in prayer and worship, although it's part of it. Essentially, we hallow His name in the way that we live our lives, in our daily lives, um, as the Father's character and purpose are expressed in our lives. See, because by faith in Christ, we now bear the family name. And, and I want you to think about that. You're His kids, which means you, you now bear the family name of God the Father. You're His kids. And so with that... Um, and with the amazing access we have and with the amazing confidence we have and with the amazing freedom we have comes this reality that we're a part of the family of God and along with that then is this whole idea that, that Dad wants to know everybody well wants them to know Him well in Christ uh, I love this prayer I think Paul expresses this so amazingly in Ephesians three fourteen through 21 and I often think about this prayer as well in my, in, as I begin to pray 
For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So as you begin the Lord's Prayer, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You, you need to prayerfully consider things like, you know, well, what does my life say about the Father? To what extent is His character, His name, revealed in me? Um, consider how the Father has revealed Himself to you in prayer and what that looks like. Um, consider what His name means to you and, and in all its various shapes and ideas and concepts. And, and that this is how we begin this connection process. We're coming to God, who is our Father. More than a force, He's our Father. He wants us to relate to Him as kids. We have confidence and freedom to be there. And we get this whole thing started with that realization, how amazing that is, and that our lives, not just our mouths, but our lives would hallow His name, set His name apart above every other name, that the world would come to know our Dad the way we do, because that's what He's hoping for in us. So that's where this whole prayer starts. That's what I want you to think about um, this week as you, as you run those uh, concepts through your mind. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And allow that to sink in as you dwell on those verses this week. Amen? Amen. If you're watching my video or on television, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We know how valuable your time is. We appreciate you spending these moments with us. If there's anything we can do, you can call us, write us, email us, let us know, and we'll, we'll uh, get back to you as soon as we can. But uh, thank you for being a part today uh, with us here at Vineyard Community Church.